In the best of times, leaders have always had to adapt to the needs of their workforce. Prior to the pandemic, though, there were some constants. People showed up at the office, they followed a work routine, and left around the same time. If they needed something from someone, they'd walk down the hall, meet them in the lunchroom, or even email or call them. Everyone knew the gameplay. But now, with some people working from home, some coming to the office, and some doing a little of both, the gamebook on what we call normal has been thrown out the office window. And that's what we're talking about today on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that helps small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you dare to be the exception. Join our host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you develop your business so you can take the time to work on your business, not just in your business. Here's your host, Mark Hain. Welcome to this episode of Experience Leadership. This is where small business owners and entrepreneurs pick up core skill sets to help them work on their business, not just in their business. I am your host, service expert, and master of experiences, Mark Hain. And today we are talking about the new challenge of leading hybrid work teams and the capacity required to be effective. And we will get to that in just a moment. I have to say, I am so glad you chose to spend some time with me here today. If you've subscribed to my channel, thank you so much for supporting me and this podcast. I love bringing you fresh content each and every week, content that I know that you can use immediately in your day. For those who've seen me speak on stage at conferences and conventions, or those I've been honored to serve facilitating your workshops and trainings, you know I'm all about providing massive value. I love teaching, and I love serving. Love being of service. If you are planning an event or know someone who is planning an event, feel free to reach out to me at mark at markhain.com, and let's have a conversation about how I can serve your audience. Leaders have established sets of capacity and competencies that work for in-person teams. Since the lockdown in March 2020, they've had to figure out how to lead teams from their home. Now, having proved that they can be as effective or even more effective working from home, leaders need to adapt to leading their workforce in-house and in their houses. You see what I did there? So today, I'd like to know from you our question of the day. As a leader, business owner, or entrepreneur, how equipped are you to do this hybrid leading? What kinds of issues have surfaced for you and your team as you've tried to migrate to that? Okay, well, that's two questions. <laughs> I'd love to hear some of your experiences. Why don't you go ahead and share this episode on your favorite platform and hashtag the post experience leadership. I'd love for you to share your experiences and be part of this conversation. You know, ages ago, I worked for a municipality. And it was really interesting because, you know, as the economic development officer for the municipality, I would have to have all these early morning meetings and this sort of thing because I'd meet people before they started their businesses. And it was really interesting that one day I walked in probably about 925 into the office 
And as I walked in, there was somebody in the office who looked at their watch and goes, hmm, that must be nice. And I said, what? Well, you do know our workday starts at 8.30. And I thought, isn't that interesting? What is it about the clock that says when you are working? You know, I had been at this breakfast meeting since, you know, well, I got there quarter to seven for our meeting at seven o'clock. So I had been actually up and active for longer than they were. But the perception was because I wasn't in the office at my desk, I wasn't working. So it really prompted me at that point to really start thinking about why is work defined by being on premise? So many of us do work you know, even before COVID-19 hit, we were doing work at home. We were taking work home with us. We were being just as productive in our home offices as we were in our formal offices. And I kept thinking to myself, why is it that I need to actually be on premise to do this work? Because all I do is I literally come into work, set up my laptop that I took from home, sit at my desk and start working. But there was this mentality about oh, well, you're in the office, so you're here working. And yet, people have no idea if you're playing solitaire. Boy, did I just, I just age myself. (gasps) Does anybody play solitaire anymore? (laughs) But am I playing a computer game? Am I shopping on Amazon? Nobody knows because they don't see. And when COVID hit, employers were forced to let people work from home. Now, this was a huge, huge shift because One of the reasons why, when I would talk to people and say, you know, why can't people work from home before COVID hit? Well, you know, we never know what they're going to do. You know, we want to make sure that they work the hours that we're paying them for and so on. So ultimately, it was a matter of trust. (laughs) And when COVID hit, as people were being sent home with their laptops, employers were forced to figure out some way, how do I monitor them? How do I make sure that they're going to be doing the work we're paying them for? And so, you know, there was the first few months of COVID, you know, March to June, July, August, September 2020, there were a huge influx of different kinds of monitoring software that came out that you can install into computers so you can make sure that you can time people and watch what they're doing and what applications are open and that sort of stuff. And it was all about this maintaining kind of this control over the workforce. Now, I have a friend who's worked from a Fortune 500 company in the United States, and she is really upset that they are not considering a hybrid work model at all. She's mad that she has to waste an hour and a half commuting in the morning to go and sit at her desk. She has to pay exorbitant parking fees only to be forced back into the predictable and normal office structure where, frankly, she feels less productive And then she has to then, at the end of the day, get back in her car, commute another hour and a half back to her house in the evening. When I spoke with her, she felt that even though the employer had to trust them during COVID, that now that they were allowed to come back to the office, that the employer didn't trust them now. She outlined how before COVID, she worked hard to have and maintain a work-life balance. But since COVID, she's migrated to work life integration. And now that she's had 18 months of that, she doesn't want to go back to the office. But looking at it from a leadership perspective, if businesses adopted a hybrid work model, leaders and their teams need to establish a new normal. How do you work together, collaborate, and communicate when you're leading from afar? So stay with me and I'll unpack 
five best practices you can use to adapt and adopt hybrid leadership principles. And we'll get to that right after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? Make your business a star with the new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhain.com. Welcome back. Leaders are having a really tough time now because it has shaken up every aspect of what they knew that they had, the toolbox that they had in leadership. And now having to adapt one's leadership style is really tough. There are a lot of unknowns. Even right now, there are so many different things that we we haven't experienced yet. This is brand spanking new. But if we get it right, there are huge competitive advantages to having and leading high-performing hybrid teams. Although it is too early to tell, I mean, but there are indications that people are more productive when they decide when and how the best way to work for them is. Hybrid and remote work environments work great for teams that have early risers and night owls, something that we defined in my episode with Carolyn Schur when we were talking about sleep rhythms and how people are, some people are more productive in the morning, some are more productive in the afternoon. There's every indication that The demand for office space is being reduced now, saving companies a ton of money. And not only that, the fact that you are now equipped to have a hybrid workforce where you can be sitting in front of the computer and have your employees working at a distance. Your local workforce can be a global workforce, tapping into talent from all over the world. We no longer are relegated to the labor market that is immediately on our doorstep. And it's clear that if we can be more adaptable, our staff will be happier, more productive, and they'll stay with us longer. Here are some stats from the Stanford Institute of Economic Policy Research. They found that 20% of remote employees are willing to work in the office full-time again, 20%. 55% want to work from home part-time, and 25% want to work remotely full-time. So that's a big shift. The biggest adjustment to hybrid work arrangements is not the scheduling. It's really, it's the leadership. We need to adapt. So here are six best practices to consider as we move forward. Number one, we have to be intentional with our leadership. We really have to focus on building trust and inclusion. So it's important for us to avoid silos. Now, Working in a municipal government, I knew that silos existed even when we were (laughs) on-premise. We had people working in their little offices, doing their projects and doing their thing, only bumping into each other when they needed to. But between departments, there were silos. Between floors, there were silos. So we need, as leaders now, to be even more intentional to make sure that we avoid the silo that's created by distance. We have to understand the potential for, all of a sudden, we You get these mindsets of us versus them. So, you know, you have to be very, very conscious of the fact that, you know, employees will start, in-house employees will start saying, well, you know, they get this and they get that. And the people at home will be thinking, going, wow, the people in-house are going to be, they get this and they get that. And so we have to be very, very cautious that 
as people are separated, that this us versus them mindset might start bringing themselves, bubbling to the surface. And so it's really important that even though it can happen between departments, even now, don't let it happen between you and your team. And I think it's really important as well that we understand the difference between work-life balance and work-life integration, because that's something that we've fallen into because of COVID. That means understand that there might be difficulties with Mary coming to a meeting online because she's got to run to school to pick up her son. I think we will be hearing more and more about work-life integration as the months start going forward. So just, you know, to me, that's a phrase that you need to document right now, and you need to start thinking about it, that it's no longer about work-life balance. But how do you integrate your personal life and your work life together so that in both realms, your employees will be productive? That's number one, is that intentionality. Number two, I think, is communicate, communicate, communicate. (laughs) Really, in past realities, you know, you'd be sitting in the office and you'd need something from your coworker down the hall. I used to laugh because, you know, we'd email each other, right? Hey, Steve, can you please send me that report? Or we'd pick up the phone and leave a message, right? Call Steve's extension. Hey, Steve. Hey, it's Mark. I just want to let you know I need that report. If you, As soon as you get back to the office, if you could send it to me, it'd be great. Thanks. So really, how does communication change because of hybrid work environments? You know, our current reality now, I think more than anything else, one thing that we have going for us is now we also have text messaging. So more time now than ever before, we are at the, the, people are at our fingertips if we need to make that happen. So being able to communicate forward, people communicate with you is really, really essential. You just have to make sure that you have a method of being able to do that in a way that's timely, that people don't feel like they're ignored. Which brings me to the next point about communication is make sure everyone has a voice. You know, it's going to be really easy for people to be in a boardroom with the in-house team and some people being on a Zoom call. And when you ask for ideas, the people in the room are going to be the first ones to, to voice their ideas. So I think as a chairperson for your meeting, as the leader, I think it's going to be incumbent upon you to call out the people on Zoom and on the virtual call. Call them out first to get the ideas before you go into the room to make sure that everybody has a voice. And then in this idea of communicate, 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 I think it's really important that you establish a calendar system so that when Mary has to pick up her son from school on a particular day, when it's time to make those meetings or to schedule those meetings, you can look through and see what does everybody's calendar looks like? When do we have the most cohesive time to meet? I think once we do that, then we're able to bend and shift. And, you know, again, if we have this open communication within our teams, we're going to understand very quickly what is pulling at people and what is pulling at their time. So I think being intentional on your communication is going to be a huge coup in being able to lead in this hybrid workforce. One of the things I mentioned early on is this idea of trust about people who are turning around and saying, well, how do I know the work is going to get done? How do they know I'm, they're going to work and get paid, you know, for what I'm paying them? Well, at the end of the day, I think it's important that we focus on deliverables, not work time. I truly believe that people are paid to do the work that we hired them for. I truly believe that when people come into work every day, they have set jobs and it's not about 
how many widgets you can put onto a piece of machinery or whatever in an hour. These aren't the kinds of hybrid work jobs we're talking about. In a high-performing team, I think it's really important that we create sets of deliverables and objectives that people need to deliver on. And then you are then able as a leader to judge whether the effectiveness of the person is being intact or if there's a handicap somewhere or if, and again, that's going to go back to the communication part, or if there's more some sort of intervention that needs to happen. So I think as we move forward, I think we need to change this philosophy of, you know, I'm paying you to do 40 hours of work. No, you're paying me to be an economic development officer, and you're paying me to have these deliverables, and you're paying me to meet these objectives. And if people are doing that, then what does it matter how much you're paying them for? And I know some of you are looking out there and going, oh my God, this is like, I'm going to lose all control. (laughs) But, you know, the nice part, as we mentioned with the hybrid, the nice part of it is that if you make it based on deliverables, people will work to deliver those deliverables. And You know, I heard some stats somewhere that with remote working during COVID, people worked on average about two and a half hours more per day in remote work environments. So here's an I, you know, so from being put into a position where the leaders are like, how do we trust that they're going to do the work? And people were actually working two and a half hours per day longer, more, which is still a cautionary because you have to be very, very cautious of that. And we'll get to that in just a second. So I hope that this is of value to you. Please feel free to comment and review this episode. And if you do share this podcast on social media, please go ahead and use the hashtag experience leadership. That way you can be part of the conversation. I'd love to hear your comments as we go through this because, you know, ultimately I don't think I have all the answers. So I would love to hear what your experiences have been as well and maybe figure out how do we seed this going forward so everybody benefits. We'll be right back. When you're delivering an important speech to a huge audience, it's easy to lose your place or go way over time. Give yourself an advantage with the Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app. No more checking your watch or calling for time. The Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app keeps you on track with easy-to-see timers, even changing color for visual prompts during your speech. And you can set audio cues to practice or set it to vibrate so you don't even have to look. Be the pro you know you are. Download the app at speakerpresentationtimer.com. And welcome back. We are talking about hybrid workforce, how leaders need to adapt now and some best practices, principles that need to be adopted in order to make that happen. We've already touched on three. I think the next one is probably one that's going to cause leaders a little bit more of a challenge. When I talk with leaders and I say, why don't you become a coach? Why don't you coach your staff? The typical response I get is, do you know what I'm responsible for? I'm responsible for this, 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 and 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 this. My workload is so big. I believe that our role as leaders is first support our team. I think as leaders, we are to be of support to our team. And yes, we have criteria and we have responsibilities to make sure that our department, our business, and so on delivers. But that's why we have employees in the first place. We have to look at what it is that we are actually responsible for. And are you doing the work or are your employees doing the work? Because I think if we adapt and become more of a coach, that we end up becoming a little bit more effective. You know, it's kind of like if you think about a football game, right? The coach is sitting on the sidelines. Everybody else is doing on the field doing the work. He helps guide the play. He helps 
support his players. But when it's game time, the core group of people are doing the work while he stands on the sideline. He stands on the sideline to evaluate, to watch what goes on, see where people might be needing help. Because then after the game is done, that becomes his focus on helping the players become even better. So you, as a leader, if you're taking so much time that you have so many reports that you need to generate and so on, I think it's time to look at how you delegate. Because I think, you know, my point number four is become more of a coach and bump up your emotional quotient, your empathy. We are in an unprecedented time of change. And right now, we can set the seed for being making it a positive experience, or we can create all the stress and we can really make it a miserable, miserable time. And as you know, if you've watched this, any of my episodes, you know, one of my philosophies is that as a leader, our role is to absorb stress, not create it. We absorb the stress. So one of the things that you can do in order to think more like a coach is bring your team together and create a team charter. Together, all together, brainstorm ideas of how you're going to communicate, what, how you're going to deliver on objectives, how many times you're going to get together in meetings and so on. Set the ground rules and the expectations with your team. And then individually, you need to be checking in with your team. How are you doing? What do you need? You can review timelines, objectives, and deliverables. And I would suggest, like I've been suggesting this even before COVID hit, that as leaders, we need to spend more time coaching one-on-one with our employees and with our team members. Now more than ever, with remote workers, we need to see this happen on steroids. We need to be able to identify if somebody's having a crisis, if somebody's working alone. And, you know, I read something about, you know, remote workers want to go back to work because a lot of them are finding that they're sleeping too much, they're watching too much TV, and they're eating too much. (laughs) So if they can go back to work, they can mitigate some of that. And that's fair. You know, if that's what the employee needs, if that's what the staff, the team member needs, then you are able then to bend and figure out how do we do this so that, again, with this idea of work-life integration, how do we integrate work and your life together so that it's a cohesive whole? And then number five, create intentional collision space. You know, we, in the remote world, we can't bump into somebody in the lunchroom making a cup of coffee. We can't hang around the water cooler. We can't encourage people to have you know, hey, you know, Steve, take a break and let's go have a cup of coffee. We don't have those intentional things. So I think we need to create intentional collision spaces for people. Create space both virtually and when it's safe to do so in person to get people together. Now, some organizations have a thing where, you know, once a week, we're going to meet all together. We're all going to come in on hump day, Wednesday. We're going to, everybody comes to the office on hump day. Because that's when we're going to do some workshops. That's when we're going to do some team practices. That's when we're going to do some meetings and some development and some brainstorming and so on. Maybe it's once every two weeks. Maybe it's once a month. It's whatever works for you and your team. But somehow we have to create these collision space. I I call it creative collisions, where we get people to be together and just do things, you know? So, you know, having game days. You know, when it's, again, when it's safe to do so, that you have, you know, you rent out an escape room somewhere and you get people to work together. You create online contests or bring in an improv instructor and teach your people how to do improv on a particular day. These are all ways of bringing people together 
to shake them out of the grind. I mean, we all know that we have some of our best brainstorms happen when we're heads down and we're just working so hard on this problem, this idea, and this project. And and then we walk away and we go and make ourselves a cup of coffee and then we go to the washroom or something. We go, oh, I have an idea. And it's not until you pull yourself away from the work that the ideas start coming in. And so you create these collision spaces for your team to be able to pull themselves away from what the immediate thought processes are, expose them to other stimuli, and then send them back into their workload later on. But it could be something as simple as sharing a meal, just going and renting a table in a restaurant somewhere, bring your team in together, have everybody just sitting down sharing a meal. There's something so human about eating together. (laughs) These five best practices boils down to really intentionality. We're constantly answering the question, how can I get the best from everyone while making them feel like they are contributing something bigger than themselves in a way that is inclusive, caring, and kind? I do encourage you to unpack this episode. This is number six. This is something that you take this kind of information, you unpack it with your team, have open and honest dialogue. If you feel that trust is a little low in your organization, if you feel that you need some sort of intervention to help figure this stuff out, then reach out. Reach out to somebody who can help you drive that dialogue. Because ultimately, we want to find out what are the fears and apprehensions. Where does the fear of missing out lie, the FOMO? So if people are at home, that they don't feel like they're missing out on something substantial, or if they are in-house, that they don't feel that somebody's got a benefit that they don't have. Because nothing creates static more than thinking, how come that person gets something that I don't get? We also have to find out, you know, this idea of developing a hybrid workforce. What's exciting about the prospect of being able to do hybrid? That basically we go to their staff and we say, you know what, you can figure out your own hours. You can figure out what's going to work for you in your life, for your work-life integration. And then we also have to figure out how best can I serve my staff. If you make yourself present to listen and allow your team to contribute, you'll be amazed at the solutions and the creativity that bubble to the surface. I love one of the lines in the show, Ted Lasso. I I just recently watched it, and I love the first episode when he's on the plane and he's flying into the UK, and and this is a big change for them. And he he says to his partner, he says, change is like horseback riding. If it's not uncomfortable, you're probably doing it wrong. For you as a leader, this is your time for growth. I truly believe that this is the time when you get uncomfortable and you grow. This is a way for you to build new competencies and capacities for pushing forward to being the audacious leader that you are. If you have some questions about our topic today or you'd like to brainstorm, feel free to click the calendar link in the show notes and and book a complimentary 30-minute session with me. I live to serve and I am at your service. And if you haven't done so yet, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. I'd love to make sure that you get notification whenever I bring you some fresh content. My name is Mark Hain. I hope 
that you stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com where you can subscribe to iTunes or by RSS so you'll never miss a show. Or go directly to markhainlive.com to watch the video edition of this podcast. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please give us a rating on iTunes. Or you can share it and tell your friends all about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.